0: Welcome to Broadway's Backbone with Brad Bradley, a podcast dedicated to the men and women of the ensemble, the chorus of dancers, singers, and actors that are the foundation of every Broadway musical. These often unsung gypsies are the hardest working people on the boards and are, well, Broadway's Backbone. Welcome to episode 38. Our special guest is David Beta. Good afternoon, David Beta, and welcome to Broadway's Backbone. How are you today?
1: I'm great. i um... I'm here in my dressing room at the marquee, and uh, i this is my dream, so I'm good. I'm really happy. <laughs> that is amazing. So it's the on your feet right now. On your feet at the marquee. Um We opened in October, and uh, we're doing well. We're still here. Yes, that's all that matters. And it's your Broadway
0: debut, which it's we'll, we'll debut. talk about that in a minute. Yeah. So where are you from, and how did you get started?
1: I'm from Southern California. I grew up mostly in Cerritos, California. Uh, which is in Long Beach area, and for a while I lived in uh, Lake Elsinore, which is out in um, Riverside County, and um, then back to Cerritos. I went to school at UC Irvine, got my degree in drama there, and uh, so that's that's where I'm from. I hey, st-
0: yeah, and it's I haven't seen you in a while. And we have a lot of friends in common. Yeah, and um, I remember when when we met, you were going through a period of time where you were really struggling and, mm-hmm. and uh, questioning this business. Yeah. How did you survive m- emotionally during that time?
1: Um, well, I was lucky in that um, I was able to find other things that sort of like got me through it. I always sing, no matter whether I'm doing musicals or just at home. Uh, I, as you know, I, I love karaoke, yes. and when I say that, that doesn't mean just going to bars and singing. I have a whole system at home, I have tracks that nobody has, I collect them from all over the world, I turn MIDI files into karaoke tracks, and I'm singing all the time. So for me, my outlet, even when I wasn't performing, um, you know, just doing my day job or whatever, um, was was singing at home with singing pop music which I love and I didn't get to sing as much you know uh, doing musical theater although now it's rather ironic that I'm doing this show about Gloria (laughs) 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 because I used to sing her songs uh, you know when I was younger too so. Uh, I love that you always
0: did karaoke and it's Mm -hmm. like it and you it doesn't have to have a bad connotation about it
1: you were constantly working on your craft and it was an outlet for you. Totally. I, I. I would sit at home, I still do, I, well not so much now with the Broadway schedule, gotta be easy on the voice, (laughs) but back in the day, um, I would go home at night just by myself and I had my whole system in my room and I would sing for hours and just try new songs, you know, listen to artists and try to emulate their riffs, whatever, you know, trying different sounds and practicing. I'd record myself and listen to those recordings over and over to hear, oh, what would I do differently? So I'm always working on new music and reviewing older songs so that when I go to a karaoke bar, like, they're like, what's your go-to song? Like, song? Like, I have <laughs> a vast <laughs> repertoire, you know? And, um, and, I, and I love, I just love to sing. So that's, um, that's what got me through, I think, a lot of the, the lean times. Still having an outlet. Piano bars. Oh. I love piano bars because sometimes, you know, you can't, you won't be cast to sing these songs necessarily if you're in the show, but out of context, at a piano bar, you get a chance to interpret a song and uh, and do stuff that you wouldn't normally get to do. So, that's, those were my outlets.
0: Rose's Turn, it's
1: gone, too. I know. I loved Rose's Turn. That was the first piano bar I ever went to, yeah.
0: Ah. Oh. So when you record yourself and listen back to it, how critical are you on yourself? Oh,
1: extremely critical. Yeah, um, pitch. I'm like, wow, that was a really <laughs> you know flat note or whatever. Or just I often I hear I hear riffs in my head, and I, I'll I hear me sing something that doesn't doesn't sound so musical to me, and I'll say, oh no, I should have gone up to this note, and I do this, and then I'll try it again, re-record it with that riff. By the end of the whole process, I've usually got a version of the song. Um, recorded that has all of the, the riffs that I came up with and ideas in it um, and I listen to them. I, I call it, t- t- they're in the files for rehearsal songs or whatever, but um, yeah, I'm always, always trying to find new things, try different things out, you know. Oh, I think that that's so
0: great and so cool.
1: Well, uh, it's just it's just what I love to do, you know, so.
0: No, that's great that you uh. I mean, I, I always think that I'm overly critical on myself, and just the way your face was like, you're like, oh, overcritical, but you also have an amazing instrument. I mean, you thank have really you. high notes, don't you? Yeah. Like, is it a counter tenor? What's the actual word for what you, cause I think it's um, amazing is what I would call it, but.
1: <laughs> thank you, thank you. I mean, I, I just always listened to female singers since I was a kid, so I didn't know what my range was supposed to be, and uh, I my voice is, it, is, it sits higher. Uh, although as I'm getting older, it's not sitting <laughs> as high as it used to. But um, so I have just never let what's supposed to be a, a traditional range for a guy ever be my guide. Now it's like there's she-tenors everywhere. Right. But when I came Did to Did you say York, a she-tenor? Yeah, she-tenor. There's <laughs> she-tenors everywhere now. Like it's, everyone's a she-tenor now. But back in my day, it was like, they weren't as many, you know? Um, so uh, yeah, but I feel very comfortable singing lots of female artists, pop artists. Um, and male artists. I love every kind of music. I have favorites in every genre of music. I can go into a karaoke bar, suss the crowd out. Oh, who's here? Oh, they would probably really like a 1980s R&B tune from like 85 or something. Let me pull out uh, Saturday Love by And And then, you know what I mean? Like I can like, I hear what's being sung. I sort of, you know, assess and then pick something from my file. (laughs) <laughs> that that's a, that's really impressive yeah
0: and did you do a lot of regional theater work during this time as well like I know mean yeah. you did a lot of
1: forever plaid I, well, I did one I did forever plaid with with, with John that we both know um and I did a lot of Joseph's I did three Joseph's uh I did Jesus Christ superstar um I've done in the heights regionally different things yeah um in between you know all of you know while I was here in Auditioning, you know, there was. Um, I also did cruise ships. Oh, you did for four years. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I had left the business. And I remember you leaving the business. I've left quite a few times. <laughs> let's be <laughs> honest. Um, but the the first time that I left the business was around like five years into uh, being here in New York, and I was turning thirty, and I was like, you know, what if I got to show, you know, as a lot of our <laughs> actors feel like you're getting thirty, getting forty, whatever you start wondering, I don't have a 401k, I don't have this and that, and so I decided to get a full-time job at a law firm as a legal assistant, which is the kind of work that I did when I was doing temp work in between shows. And um, one day, I was there about two years, and uh, the ex-boyfriend of one of my best friends called me one day and said, hey, I know this guy in Nashville. He's looking for um, a lyric high tenor for an a cappella group ship gig. And at the time, I was like, I've got my 401k, I'm not, I'm not leaving, yeah. I'm like, I'm good to go. And um, it turns out, my, one of my good friends, Mia, was like, are you crazy? Like, This is a great opportunity to see the world and do it while you're singing. And I was like, yeah, you're right, okay. Um, this is a theme in my life, um, <laughs> my <laughs> friends really kind of stepping in to guide me. And, uh, and I had to give my law firm four days notice Oh, which was not cute, but um, they were actually pretty good about it because you know I, I was a very loyal employee, and they were, they were, they were happy for me, but you know it was it was kind of rough for them, and then I flew to Nashville, and I did I went all over the world. I went the first contract. I went to the Caribbean, the Mediterranean, the Baltic. Second contract was South America, Hawaii, Central America, Alaska, and then after that. I did the, a six-star cruise line, and we did world cruises, you know, all over the, all over the, the world. So uh, four years. Four Straight? Years? Yeah. Wow. Pretty much, yeah. I think there might have been a couple of one-month or two-month gaps, but yeah. And that was also the period for me. When I was in college, I never partied, I never drank. I mean, up until that time, I could have told you, like, the number of times that I'd gotten drunk on one hand. Even after I moved to New York, because I was always like very concerned about my voice, and then when I got on ships, like it was like, oh, what's there to do? <laughs> and um, and it was actually interesting because um, I realized that there was a side of my personality that I kind of like was was not. I was kind of pushed down, and I found out that I I had as one of my coworkers said, you're actually a really fun person to hang out with. Like, and I'm like am I not normally? Like, <laughs> and so I think it, it just kind of allowed me to let my personality out a little bit more. And uh, I came back a much more confident person. Even my best friend's like, I don't know who you are anymore, <laughs> but wow. you are so confident. And I'm like, I don't know, getting out in the world and meeting people from all over the world, and, and it, uh, it gave me a level of confidence that I never had. Well, you before. also for four years got paid to do what you love, Yeah, that's
0: confidence alone. Sure.
1: And I felt really good about the work that I was doing. You know, we, we, we slayed in ratings on the ships. We did great, and it was so much fun. Um, yeah, it was a wonderful, it was a good opportunity for me. But at the end, it got a little too crazy, partying and all that stuff. Coming back to New York was a really difficult transition. You know, it's like a fantasy life on the ship. Everyone who does ships says mm-hmm. that. Coming back to the reality is a really hard like transition, um, but I was able to get back into legal, the legal field for a while, and that one and that was good for me. And then, of course, In the Heights then well, happened. Well,
0: tell me about that, because I remember I was on the fringes of your life right. when you booked that, and I mean everyone was just so excited because you put in your dues and your dues, left the business, came back, yeah, and then you, the first national tour of In the Heights, yeah.
1: That really just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, That show came out, I had heard about it, I hadn't seen it, um, and then one day, and I was working at the organization that I worked most recently, PLI, the Practicing Law Institute, and my best friend, Adolfo, Mm. um, had gone to see In the Heights. And he called me immediately that night and said, you have to audition for this show. This part is written for you, the (laughs) Piragua guy. And I said, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm, I got my 401K, I got my nice (laughs) job. I do my karaoke on the weekends. I'm good. (laughs) And he pestered me for literally a year, a a year. year. And he bought me tickets to see the show. I went to see the show. I liked the show, especially the part of the father, Kevin. Mm. His song, In was like, it blew me away. Uh, It was like my father. It could have been my father saying the words of that song. But I still said, I'm not interested. I'm done I don't want to do that and so he kept on and then a couple months later he called me up one day while I was at work and he's like I signed you up for the audition go on your lunch break and at the time I was behind in my equity dues and I at that point I was like I'm so tired of being pestered by this guy I'm gonna go and I and I remember calling him after I paid my dues and said I hope you're happy I'm broke and I'm going to your stupid audition I said, but I'm going to sing what I want. And he's like, what are you going (laughs) to (laughs) sing? I said, I'm going to sing something that I could sing on any day that I don't have to worry about. It'll be like, you know, I know it backwards and forwards. And for me, as you can see in my dressing room mirror, it's Culture Club. Um, Ah. So I sang a song called Victims by Culture Club, which is their big, beautiful ballad that they have. And um, I went into the audition, and it was Alex Lacamoire, who is the music supervisor of In the Heights, and now Hamilton. He mm-hmm. just won a Tony again the other yes. night. I and love him. He's a sweet uh, guy, too. He's wonderful. And um, I didn't know who he was at that time. I had no clue. Um, but I sang my song, and he completely surprised me. He was like, wow, that—that that is a deep cut. That's an old Culture Club song, isn't it? Now, I was flabbergasted because this song is very obscure. It was never released in America as a single but he knew it, and he's like a musicologist, I found out later, you uh-huh. know, he knows everything. you know. So I was so impressed that he knew the song, and he's and he was very nice and positive, and I thought, great. So I left, and I was like, all right, I did it, my obligation's done, I never heard anything, for about a month, and then a month later, I got a call. They said, we'd like you to come in again, and we want you to learn Piragua, uh, the song, and, um, so then I went in with him and the casting director, and um, I was sick at the time. I was having trouble hitting the high notes, because oh. I was sick. And um, they're like, well, no, we know you've got it. I'm sure it's fine. We're going to have you come back in a couple more weeks or whatever. Um, and then I came back, and it was Tommy Cale and the casting director, the director of In the Heights. He just won the Tony the other night for Hamilton. Um, and I didn't know who he was, thank God. Yes. <laughs> At the time, um, I went in, and at this point, I was like, well, they're calling me back again. I better really, you know, this is a crazy opportunity. I better work on this song, Piragua. So and what does Piragua actually oh, mean, just for people. Piragua is the Puerto Rican term for a shaved ice, like a snow cone type thing. Uh-huh. There's, there's different names even in all the different Latin countries. I think in Mexico, they call it granizado, and there's different words. But uh, Piragua, I Piragua I like for in Puerto Rico, that's what it's, they call it. And uh, so I, I fi- figured well I've got to you know work on this song so I I created very specific you know choices I decided I had a specific person that I was speaking to in my life mm. for every line when i because he's trying to sell the piñatas to everybody and I decided to create some you know um, what do you call it. Um, circumstances were, you know, heightened. And so I, high stakes. And I decided that my boss told me if I don't sell five more piraguas by the end of the day, then I would be fired. So at the very end of the song, I finally get somebody to buy it. And uh, so I, that was my, my my take on it. And when I finished it for Tommy, he said, wow, you were really happy to get that dollar bill. And I said, no, it was $5 bills. He <laughs> gave me a tip. And he laughed, <laughs> and I laughed. And I could sense that he seemed pleased that I had was making choices, you know, some specific choices. And then I got a call in, uh, well my f- a final call back. And it um, was a, for an 11 a.m. appointment. I walked in the room. Oh, let me tell you about after that, when they told me I got the final call back, I was like, okay, this is the farthest I've ever gotten for, you know, a first national tour. You know, so I need to really buckle down and take this as seriously as possible. So I basically went, spent a whole Saturday, I locked myself in my room. I took out all of my old sheet music and I said, I'm going to put back, I'm going to put my book back together, my audition book. And I pulled out these songs that I hadn't sung in years you know, these were the cruise ship years happened, you know, relationships, you know, that fell apart, everything, all the life experience. And it was this amazing moment where as I started to sing these songs, I realized that I had so much more to bring to these songs, so much life experience and a point of view that I didn't have when I was younger. It brought so many things, so much emotion and so many different colors that I never had. And it was so exciting to sing these songs with all of that in my arsenal. So I picked a song in every genre so I would have for my book, and I created high stakes for each each song. And I was like, I'm gonna be prepared for anything. I worked on Piragua. They also wanted me to work on Kevin's song, the one that I loved originally. Oh, yes. Because he, Piragua, uh, the Piragua guy has to cover the father. And so they had me work on that song, and then there's a scene with the father and the daughter, a very beautiful, tender scene and they had me work on that. So I walk into the room, 11 a.m., and it's Lynn manuel Andy Blankenbuehler, Tommy kale Alex Lacamoire, and the whole creative team, the producers. It, there was probably 40, 40 people in there. Oh my it gosh, was crazy. And um, the weird thing was I didn't get nervous. Be- and I, I can only think that because I had been out of the business at that point for, for so long, it, musical theater wasn't my whole life as it had been before. I was happy in my life, even without it. So the stakes weren't so high for me. I just wanted to go and do a good job, show them I could do it. And you were prepared. And that I was very prepared. And f- at that point, I wasn't sick, so first <laughs> thing they had me to, the first thing they had me sing was Piragua, and for once, I killed it. I hit the high notes. I made them laugh. I felt great. I was like, awesome. Okay. Now I got to get through Kevin's stuff. And Kevin's song means just, it's like my heart. Mm -hmm. Like I said, it's like my father's singing about me. So that was no problem. Acting wise, I felt great. I sang it fine. And then it came the scene. And in the scene, um, The father is telling his daughter about how he used to shine shoes as a child to make money for a nickel, He would shine shoes. And um, they have a reader, of course, on the side. And um, I did the scene the first time, and Tommy gave me the direction. He said, you know, this is probably the most intimate conversation, most personal conversation you've ever had with your daughter ever in your life. And this is the first time you're saying these words, so keep that in mind. Take this direction, David. <laughs> um, and you know, the reader was over there on the side and I'm like, Well, this is gonna be intimate, I've gotta go over there. So in th- in the scene I went over to the reader and I was like intimate, 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 and I as it got to the, the, the very tender part, I knelt down on my knee so I could look eye to eye with whose reader is supposed to be my daughter. And I looked down as I kneeled down and I saw my shoe and I had shined my shoes that morning for the audition. And I was just realizing what I was saying in that, that moment was, that I, and I, you know, looking at my shoes, and like I just shined my shoes. It just took me into a place where I was like, I felt like I know this guy, this person's my father. Mm. And we had, and it, it went great. I felt so good about it. And um, I could I could tell the whole creative team were just smiling and happy, and I was like, okay. I. I did okay, I I did well. And um, I remember I was walking out of the room and the casting director stopped me in the hallway and she said, David, I just wanna let you know we're gonna be making calls next week. Walked out of the building and was like, I feel great. For once, I didn't choke when it counted. I just sang for Lynn manuel Miranda and all these people. And I did a good job, and I was like, you know, I called up Adolfo and I told him, you know, I think I did really well. I'm really happy, and he's like, come on over, let's celebrate, you know, we'll, you know, do drinks, go out, whatever. And so um, I was over at his house, and at 3, three, p.m., I was on the phone with another friend, and I saw a call coming in a two one two number, and I was like, oh, I think I better take this. I don't know who this is, and it was um, it was Telsey casting and they- They called you that day? They, that day. from uh, b- The audition was 11 and they called me at three. Even though they had told me they would call me the following week. And um, I can't even tell you. I mean, I screamed like, <laughs> <laughs> my friend was actually on the other line. I forgot I put him on hold. <laughs> so when I hung up with him, I just screamed and I'm like, oh my God. I called him back later and I said, um, I, he's like, all I heard was like a tea kettle sound. Like <laughs> I was screaming so high. And so I told Adolfo and we were just jumping up and down and like, I got it. I got it. I can't believe it. Oh, that's amazing. Well, how hard did
0: you scream when you got the call for on your feet? <laughs> that, I mean, were you a tea kettle
1: then? I was a tea kettle then, um, but more just in utter disbelief. Just such shock. Um, It—the way that all happened was, you know, I had— I heard about this audition. I was back at PLI working for a different attorney at this time. You got off tour and I went back? I got off tour. <laughs> I, I tried to audition. I didn't have, I never had an agent, ever. So um, I would go to auditions and some of them didn't go so well and I kind of lost the confidence that I would gotten from doing the tour, um, you know. But I went back to PLI and um, I heard about On Your Feet. And um, I was like, this is, this, I should audition for this. And Adolfo called me and said, like, you've got to. Of course he did. you, know, <laughs> you got to audition for this. And I said, I know. He should be an agent. He should. He should. Um, and I agreed with him. I need to be seen for this. And so I just asked my boss. I just said, you know, I never asked you if I can audition for anything, but I really think I should be seen for this. And she was like, go ahead. Go ahead. I love her. Um, and um, so I was, Adolfo signed me up. I was first in line at the open call. Which I love. You went to the open call for In the Heights and the open call for this. That yeah. you,
0: and you booked it. Both. That's great.
1: Yeah. I mean, I went there and I sang a pop song and I thought it went well, but I, never, I didn't hear anything once again for about a month. And then a month later... Did you sing
0: Culture Club again?
1: This time I did it. I, they, I sang a song by the group... I'm in like a 70s pop mode right now. Yeah. <laughs> this group called Ambrosia. Uh, they sang You're the Biggest Part of Me and How Much I Feel, and those are two big hits, and I sang How Much I Feel, because it was just a great, the guys got it really high, it's, it's a great song.
0: Well, I think one thing that I'm finding that's <clears> important
1: with <throat> everybody, but also with you too,
0: is that you're singing stuff that's good for you, mm-hmm. and it's going to show you off well. It might not be exactly what that description says in the breakdown, but when you get to the callback, they'll give you something else. Right. You, kn- you know, this is what I do best, and this is how I want to show myself, and it works.
1: Yeah. I mean, they said a pop song. They didn't specify 80, so I was like, I think I sing this well. I'm going to sing that. Um, so you know, a month later, I got a call, and they said, we want you to come in and sing for Jerry Mitchell. And um, we want you to learn the monologue of Glorious Father. And you like playing the Stars, understanding the Stars' <laughs> Fathers. <laughs> Um, and then they, they sent me the music of his song, but they said, don't worry about learning it. Of course I worried about it, and I learned it. And I had my, my friend coach me on the, you know, the monologue and the uh, song. And I went in, and they didn't ask me to sing that song. They said, just sing something of your own that you, and I was like, good. I'm going sing my <laughs> main audition song that I've sung since 1996, which is this song called You and I. Uh, from the movie Goodbye Mr. Chips and um, I sang it well and then Jerry had me read the the monologue and that I felt great mm. about. I was like that I felt really good about and he seemed really happy and positive and was lovely and I went back to work and then Adolfo was like meet me for drinks and tell me all about it how it went and as I was waiting for Adolfo I got the phone call that same day um, They said this is probably the quickest turnaround you'll ever get. Not quite, but <laughs> I was, and um, th- we'd like to offer you the part. It starts on Monday, and it was Thursday. Oh my gosh. So I was like, oh my God, of course I'm gonna do this. I don't. This was the lab, you know, right. for it. And I had to, you know, call my boss and be like, Grace, I'm really sorry, but this is the greatest opportunity of my life. And she was like, no, we'll figure it out. We'll get, to, we'll get a temp, Train. we'll train somebody tomorrow, the one day of training. And then I started. I mean, she was great.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Thank you,
1: Grace O'Hanlon. <laughs> uh, so with the yeah. lab, was uh, was the Estefans there and everything, yeah. the whole process? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a whole unbelievable experience for me. Because I, as you can see here on my dressing table, is the cassette single of Don't Want to Lose You Now, which is my favorite Gloria fun song. And um, Estefan, excuse me. Um, so to have her be there <laughs> was just insane. Um, I, I listened to that song and only that song for about three or four months in 19, you know eighty nine or 90, whatever it was. Well, I remember at
0: my first quinceanera, just dancing to conga yeah. over and over again. It was just, I mean, it, it was great during our childhood.
1: Oh yeah, and in fact, not so long ago I found a video, love this, I found a video, video footage from 1985 um, at a party at my uncle's and he's videotaping all of us and you know just kind of having introducing us all and Congress playing in the background and <laughs> 1985. And so I kind of edited and put it together and put some titles and I and I posted it online and Gloria saw it and she thought it was amazing. She was like, oh my gosh, this is so surreal. 30 years later, yeah. you know here you are in the Broadway show. that's amazing. So there are a lot of
0: cuts and changes and uh, edits going on through through the lab process?
1: Absolutely um, Yeah, in fact, I was only hired officially at first to play um, the Latin DJ and the grandfather but as once we did the read through, Jerry just kept giving me more things. So now, grandfather, I, what you're you're younger than me? You know, you, if you come see the show, you'll see I play many characters of all different ages <laughs> and types. Um, it was great because Jerry creates this wonderful. Atmo- have you ever worked? I don't know if you worked with him. Before. I haven't. I just know him socially. You know him socially. Well, he just creates this wonderful atmosphere of just feeling safe and being able to just play. And for once, I didn't get, I was a little nervous at first, I will admit, I had to get over that nervousness. I'm, I'm, I'm here with Jerry Mitchell, what am I doing here, you know? But then once I got over that, I was just like, David, just do your thing. Just play, try things, and I felt he he made it safe for that, and we, I found things and added things and they kept them in the script and little bits and things and words here and there. Like, those were things that I created for these characters. Oh, it's so magical. And that was amazing for me. So. You know and then like you said it was changing all the time and then finally on was it December 4th 2014 I got the call that um, they were offering me the Chicago out-of-town tryouts and Broadway and I was at work I was at PLR <laughs> 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 just and we had just had a blackout at work for some reason and um, I had Unfortunately, always, my voicemail is always full, and apparently Telsey had called, and, oh yeah, once again, it was Telsey, so second time, second show with them. I had gotten a call from a 212 number, and I said, "This I think this is Telsey. Um, and I looked back at my contacts and realized, yes, this is Telsey, oh God. And I got a voicemail that said, David, we're trying to reach you, um, your voicemail was full, or no, an email, sorry. An email that's saying, your voicemail is full, can you give me a call at your convenience? And I, of course, called immediately. I was standing at the water fountain in the hallway near the bathrooms, <laughs> just like we are supposed to have our conversations, telephone conversations there. And um, he said, "I just wanted to let you know that you're going to be getting an offer for you know, the Chicago and Broadway production of On Your Feet." And I just kept saying, "Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God!" <laughs> and and I'm like, you, "I said, you don't, you don't understand. I've I've been here 20 years." waiting for this moment. He's like, well, this is Justin Huff. He said, sometimes you just gotta wait until it's, it's your time. And this is your time, David. Ah. Oh. And I came back to my cubicle and my friend who sits behind me and I had this look of just disbelief. And she's like, David, what's wrong? What's wrong? What happened? And I said, I just got a Broadway show. <laughs> And I heard everybody pop up their heads from the cubicles and said, What? And I'm like, I got a Broadway show! And they all came running and hugged me, and it was just like this incredible, incredible moment that I will never, ever forget. Uh, Well, it's doing incredibly well, and how's your experience been? I mean, how was your opening night on Broadway? Um, Well, opening night was fabulous. I think for me, the the moment that I remember the most is the first preview. Yes. For that, it was the first time I set foot on a Broadway stage in a performance, you know, a Broadway show. And what happened was I got, I just said, you know what, I know what I'm doing. I've done the Chicago Out of Time tries. I didn't, and we actually didn't change that much. Um. Oh. In, in New York. Of all the changes were mostly made in Chicago. Um, and so I felt very comfortable doing my, 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 my parts in the show. And then as soon as we got off stage, the staircase that we just went up. Yeah. I got up to the first landing, the fir- second landing, and that's when it hit me. And I just burst into tears. I was like literally like against the wall heaving and crying and just sobbing. And it was this, it was incredible because all of my cast members were all there. we were all sort of going up to the same time and they all just came around me and they just hugged me and they kissed me and um, they clapped for me because they knew they knew my story. Yeah, know, twenty years, and um, uh, it's just to feel that kind of love and um, support and just happiness from the people that you that you love, you know, mm-hmm. who are doing this show with you. They they all knew, they all had their own story of how they got to Broadway, and they knew what this meant. They knew how hard it was to get here for me, so it was just. Uh, that's a moment that, that, that stands out for me in my life, is just to have that feeling of, my God, this actually happened. Yeah. You know? and you didn't give up. And I didn't give up.
0: Well, I want you to read something, though, that you wrote on, okay. on Facebook that I thought uh, <laughs> was so beautiful.
1: Okay. Uh, I was walking to the theater yesterday afternoon and as I was approaching Times Square, I glanced up and could only see the right bottom corner of the video billboard above the Palace Theater. At just that moment, I saw myself grinning back at me. It made me laugh at how 20 years ago I never could have imagined I'd see myself up there all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that just made me
0: so happy. And I was like, I'm so excited <laughs> that I'm interviewing you like in this time of your in your life yeah. uh, because you just... Performed on the Tony Awards, yeah, and you, d- you recorded a cast album. Yep yeah. how How are these experiences for you? Because these are like in a short period of time. There's a lot of bucket
1: lists. Bucket lists, <laughs> one after another, and um, and I didn't take them for granted because we we had heard all these rumors that we weren't going to do a cast album, and I was devastated yeah. because that's like one of those things you just want. Um, and then we heard that you know, the Estefans were gonna produce a, a live recording album so that's what it was we, um, we recorded two shows and um, so you hear it's funny because now when even on iTunes when you play like the Tradition track you hear my voice first is the scene that I have with little Gloria because I'm the one who gets her encourages her to, to sing and um, so you hear my voice and I didn't sound bad on my little vocal feature in the song Reach, <laughs> and I was like, good, you know. Um, so it's it was so exciting to send my parents m- a copy of the CD. You know, um, I think I sent it to my mom for Mother's Day. Wow. No. And, um, and they were just thrilled and so excited. And then the Tony Awards also was not you know we only we got one nomination first for, for uh, choreography for Sergio Trujillo and we didn't think we were gonna get to perform we were and then at the last minute the last couple of week two weeks ago two and a half weeks ago they're like we are gonna perform on the Tony's and I was like oh my god is this really gonna happen and so we rehearsed uh, with Sergio he put together a great little medley of you know it isn't even like one number in the show, it's sort of a mixture of different songs. Um, and even then I was like, well am I, am I gonna be able to be on it? Because this is mostly dancer dancers. All right. And they were nice enough to include everybody. Swings, like everyone in the number. That's how it should be, yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, it was it was insane. I, that whole day, um, you know, going to the going to the Tonys on the bus with everybody in full costume from the theater, and we were singing and and dancing on the on the, on the bus the whole way there, and um, just a joyous, amazing, amazing experience. And then doing the rehearsal, and then going back to the theater to do a show, and then come back afterwards, and just waiting to get you know onto the stage, and it was so amazing because Hamilton was getting ready they were gonna perform last after us and so Lynn is there and he and I see him and I just grabbed him and and, and hugged him and just said thank you so much for giving me my shot you know Aww. and in the heights because if I hadn't done that Telsey would have known who I was you know right at all so um, I you know I cried just hugging him and then what was cool is we all got into it a giant Prayer circle, something that we do here every night, and I guess the tradition started on, in the Heights. Um, Andrea Burns was like the the person who sort uh-huh. of, sh- you know, leads it, <laughs> and uh, that was started in, in the Heights on Broadway, and then we we heard about it on the tour, and we did that every night, and so we've also continued it here, and Andrea's still sort of the, <laughs> the leader of that, and so we had all of these ex, you know, in the Heights people from Broadway who were in and the tour who were in Hamilton so we all got in one giant circle that is and beautiful we just, and we just had a, a and Andrea was very eloquent and just it was an amazing moment they filmed it i think it's it's online the Tony Awards they they posted it and it's just a incredible feeling and then to just be on the stage it's all very very quick but at the same time it was like slow motion oh, in a y- lot of ways yeah. you know jessica lang just won the tony and she comes and she's standing next to me and i'm like <laughs> what is happening? (laughs) Am I really here? And then to go out there and just see all those people and, um, you know, Oprah's right there, (laughs) you know. And um, I passed Angela Lansbury and James Earl Jones. And I'm like, this is insane. This is not happening to me. And then just to perform and just with just so much joy and happiness and just to have that moment with I think, it, I think I was in shock after it happened, to be honest, because I got outside and I started getting texts and phone calls and Facebook messages left around. I just saw you. And I'm like, oh, yes, I was able to be seen. <laughs> that was my <laughs> first concern. I just wanted my parents to be able to say, <laughs> yeah. I saw you. Yeah. And everyone said that they could see me. So I was like, that was my first priority. And then Adolfo posted a video of, he and three of my very close friends all watching it. the first you see the screen and when I come on and they're like screaming David it's David and then as it ended the number ended he turns the camera and I see all my friends and they were just you know hollering and, and screaming for me and saying how proud they were and that's when that's when it hit me that's when I lost it I just started crying because I felt this just so much love from all of my friends and from all over the world the ship friends, like every era of my life, high school, elementary school, college, everyone just so happy for me because they all knew, you know, how how hard it was to get here for yeah. me and the long journey. So, um, and then my partner called and he's like, I saw you and that was amazing. Um, so it was just uh, an incredible, incredible moment. Oh, I'm so happy and proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> so today you just
0: came from singing at the memorial. We did. And uh, also, uh, and I hope it didn't taint your, uh, your Tony experience, but it also was the day of the shooting. It was
1: the day of the shooting. Um, to be honest, that day was so crazy with the Tonys that I didn't have a minute to even read that much about it. Um, well, that's good, actually. I think so. You know, I... I was able to have my Tony experience. I know there were some who here who mm. it, it affected them immediately, and they were devastated by it, and it was uh, very difficult. For me, I think I had a delayed reaction to it. Mm. It didn't really hit me until Tuesday <laughs> when I woke up on Tuesday morning, and I then I really started to read about everything that happened and all the details, and um, it was devastating, you know, because that, that could have been me. I used to go to Stonewall every Friday and do karaoke. Those were my people. We went every yeah. week, you know. And I know that that's a place that I felt always safe and uh, that I could be myself and just enjoy life and be with my friends. And I just, I'm trying, I can just imagine if somebody were to come into yeah Stonewall and do that. And it was, it was terrible.
0: And was the memorial today that you sang at at the 9-11? It was, so, yeah. It was.
1: Yeah, we, um, we sang the National Anthem. They, um <coughs> we were right next to the tree that survived 9-11, yes. which they placed, like, next to one of the, where the towers were. Um, and we had members of the LGBTQ fire department standing behind us, you know. And, um, and we sang, a, a group of us from the cast sang the National Anthem, starting with Little Eddie. Who's uh, our, you know, naive in the show, and he started it by himself, and then we joined him acapella. Uh uh-huh. Um, and I didn't realize it was gonna be like televised so much. Like I didn't realize there was tons of cameras and it was packed with people. Everybody there to show support and uh, to mourn. And uh, then after that, we were each given uh, a different colored ribbon uh, to tie around the rail that surrounds the tree, and then uh, which was that's when I lost. I yeah. really lost. I know there were a lot of guys, uh, some of the guys and around me crying during the whole ceremony. <coughs> but for me, it hit me when I um when I signed when I tied the um, the ribbon over that. I just kept thinking of that's one person, you know, yeah. and how many people were were there. So um, it's 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 hard to process, I'm still processing it. Um, but I just think that there's so there's a lot of people out there who don't think that gay people are or LGBTQ people are are harassed or that they go through any kind of prejudice or any hatred anymore because right. of the advances, because of the marriage and everything that's happened. And this just shows you quite clearly that, you know, we do, we do you know, so um. There's a uh, lessons to be learned from this, but um, now we have to, you know, move forward and yep. um and live our lives and be joyous and because they unfortunately they didn't get to. No.
0: You said something uh, when I got here that was pretty mm-hmm. funny. That the reality of Broadway is completely different of what you thought it was, and that you thought you were gonna get fired for messing up. I mean, that's just so funny. What did you actually think? Of well, this?
1: you know I. I always got, had those actor nightmares, you know, yeah. and it was always that I was about to step foot on a Broadway stage for the first time, and I didn't know any lines, I didn't know any lyrics to my songs, and I'm just about to set foot on it. And so that was where, I mean, I had that dream for years, and so I remember actually when I first was about to set foot on the stage, I'm like, this, this is not going to happen, the nightmare's not going to happen, you know what you're doing. And so I guess that kind of fostered this idea in my head that the the level of just um, the quality the the every you know it's so stringent if you make a mistake you'll get fired like I just thought that Broadway was held to this standard that was just almost impossible to to hold anyone anybody, anybody right. to and so um, what I've learned is that you know it's just like doing a show you know, on tour in regional theater. Things happen, and, <laughs> and it's, you're not gonna get fired. Right. You know, and everyone's professional. If they do and they make a mistake, they, they don't do it again, usually, you know. Just the other day, I was telling you that um, I went up on one line, and thank God, little Alex, uh, who plays little Gloria, is, she's like a 40-year-old um. woman in a, you know, a 15-year-old body. And she didn't blink an eye, she just, you know, we, we got through it together, I, we managed to get out of it, and I was like, okay, I didn't, they didn't even say anything to me, they knew that yeah. I knew, and that yeah. was never gonna happen again, yeah. you know? And it happened to somebody else in the cast, so like those things happen, and um, I think also just the the day-to-day, it's so much, it's such hard work. It is. It's, it's and everyone tells you that, but you just have to do it. hmm And, um, and the thing is, like, I always thought, oh, I was on tour. It it can't be that much different. It's completely different on tour. On tour, all you got to worry about is, you know, getting dinner, and then you and usually the hotel's around the corner from the theater. So you just you, <laughs> you don't really have to do much of anything. Yeah. But here, you have to maintain your life, your relationships, your friendships, maintain the house. You know, there's no one there made to clean up your. <laughs> I'm still trying to work on that and keeping my apartment up. You know. So it's like having your whole life and doing eight shows a week, you know. Yeah, it's later. a lot. It's a lot, you know.
0: How was the first time you have to miss a show? I know I hated that. Mm. But then, because it does something to your head, of like you're, you're not doing your job or something like that. And you had to take some time off Yeah. Uh, take a leave of absence. I mean, how, how were you able to do that? Because I know, especially in your Broadway debut, you're like, I can never miss a show.
1: Yeah, it's funny because somebody else in the cast was that way. He's like, he still hasn't been out because he's like, I'm never going to miss. This my Broadway debut, I'm never going to miss. It's down to two people (laughs) who have never called out. But for me, um, I I developed a hernia uh, during one of the numbers, and um, I had to have surgery, and they found another one. So I was gone for like, uh, I guess, eight weeks, was it? Mm. And um, no, maybe six weeks. And uh, I was actually fine. I mean, I felt bad, but there was really nothing Nothing I could do. do. So I didn't really go through that much like guilt about it, but then what happened towards the end? Well, it's just like, it's weird. You are in each other's back pocket every day, and this is just your life every single day, and then suddenly, you don't see anybody. Yeah. <laughs> You're just at home, and yet that is shocking your mind and your soul <laughs> your yeah. system even
0: people you don't like you're used to them every day right, not that you do, don't like it right i'm just <laughs> saying <laughs>
1: no but that's just your your daily routine and it's just completely stopped and uh, so that was kind of weird but um it was nice to get some rest because yeah. you know you're tired a lot of the time i had a lot of like you know neck tension things happening i was always getting massages and pt so i was able to like enjoy not yeah. having those issues but then what I found towards the end I started hearing about people going on like people that I didn't know people that were being brought in vacation swings that I you know don't even I don't even know who they are and I think one day I thought they were there were two Jose's two Jose's in the, in the cast at that point one of them was a friend of mine but he went into the show and I still hadn't seen him because I was out and I accidentally thought that he was going on that day but it was the other Jose who I'd never met and somebody wrote on on Facebook. We had like a feed that we all yeah know, on Facebook. And somebody said, Th- "That's not the right Jose. It's the other Jose." And I, and I felt so out of the loop. <laughs> and I felt like God, I haven't even met this person. And like everyone's just they've just moved on without me, you know. And then I they were all congratulating him, and I was like, hmm, "I'm just saying, you know I'm not that missed." And the funniest thing happened. Like that was literally my mo- my low moment. And I remember I went to bed and I was really s- kind of sad. And literally, I'm lying there in bed, and at 2 a.m. my phone lights up with a text, and it's Anna who plays Gloria. Uh. And she just sent me this beautiful text out of nowhere. I just want to tell you how much you know I miss you, and how amazing you are, and how you are so missed, and we're so proud of Jose. But you know, you are your own, you know, um, unique. I miss your energy, your own uniqueness. I forget, she put it together, and it was so exactly what I needed to hear. Yes, And I was just amazed. I, I told her the next day, I said, you don't need." I text her back, you don't even know. I was literally just going through it, and it was like telepathy. Ah, that's great. So that was awesome, you
0: know? <laughs> yeah. Well, you are a, a, an amazing performer and singer, but oh, you okay. are very unique. Have you struggled with embracing your type or being comfortable with your type and figuring out these are my
1: strong points? Um, y- yeah I have struggled I think I didn't but you know what I think that what happens is it sort of parallels for me it paralleled my life um, I all my friends were you know skinny minis you know when <laughs> we were and I've always been more you know soft <coughs> <zofting>, you know <laughs> a little bit fuller and um, what I found for me was a the cruise ship mm. work I told you I got a confidence that I didn't have before that helped to a degree, and then the tour actually boosted my confidence higher than I'd ever, ever had, like my, my, my confidence. You know, I got I got wonderful, I was received very well, and um, and I think that was the point where I really kind of came to an acceptance about my body, and this is who I am. And I also discovered the bear community oh. that appreciates me the yes. way I am. That was a huge thing, and that's actually how a dresser on the tour told me about this website, you know, to meet other bears, and that's how I met my partner. It was my second date. Wow, I'm jealous. Because I never ever chatted with anyone. I was always scared of that. Never did that, and then I, and then I met him on my second date. So, I think all of that combined kind of give me a more, um, more of a self acceptance than, than I've ever had before. And now I realize, you know, all of everyone was always telling me years ago, "You're gonna grow into all the the parts that you're right oh, for." Don't you and hate never, when they say that? And I never really understood. Yeah, I'm like, well, what am I gonna do for twenty years? <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> what's happened is now I'm old enough to play fathers, which you know, I've been lucky to play Kevin on the tour for In the Heights. You did? Yeah, I got to go on, uh, which was amazing. Um, and, you know. Then, you know, I auditioned for this show and had to do the father's monologue. I do not cover, actually, Eliseo, who plays oh, you the father. I don't. Um, I've got all my parts, and I'm very happy with what I get to do, <laughs> and Eliseo's amazing. Um, and One thing that's great about this cast is just, um, he was the original Piragua guy on Broadway in the, in the Heights, and I actually saw him play, ca- when I saw In the Heights the first time, I was seeing him play the father, and that was the part that really got me. Oh, wow. And so it's so funny because I actually didn't get to see him play Pete Agua Guy until we were in rehearsals for the tour. And I so I got to see him. We did the reunion concert in Washington Heights. with it, All the cast did that together, and I would see him around here and there. But now I've gotten to become friends with him, and he's just absolutely one of the loveliest people. So oh, I love that. It's awesome.
0: I love that. So, you've talked about some uh, great moments in your life. If you have another one that would be something that was really proud, moment, or special for you,
1: what would it be? Just one? Okay. Or you can pick two? I have two. Um, We did In the Heights in Puerto Rico with Lin Manuel. And they had never done a Broadway show, a full, you know, come like a tour or anything, come there. And so, to do the show, we had done the show with him in LA. And that was great because all my family got to come see me at the Pantages. But then to go to Puerto Rico and to have Puerto Rican people, every reference to Puerto Rican culture, they would just go crazy. And by, we, literally in the middle of Carnaval, that number, they had, we had to stop the show basically for eight minutes. They would not stop screaming. Really? And so we're just standing there <laughs> like waiting. And they were had flags, the Puerto Rican flags. It was just so incredible that moment. I'll never. That I is awesome. It. That was incredible. And to know what it meant to Lynn as well, yeah. just the whole thing was just amazing. Um, so that was a big one. But I think the biggest would have to be opening night of um, of my, my Broadway debut. Mm. My parents um, and my, my sister were all here um, in the audience. And, you know, when my father came to New York, 55 whatever 50 years ago he recently come from Ecuador and he had never seen a Broadway show but he kept seeing all these theaters and wondering what are these shows and of course theater was affordable then and he was very curious he passed by the Winter Garden Theater I was like well I don't know if this show is I'm curious I want to see what these musicals are it was funny girl oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Your dad saw Funny Girl. My dad saw Funny Girl. So when I found out that I got this show, my Broadway show, I put a, a Facebook post where I said, you know, it's always been my dream that, you know, he would be able to see me on a Broadway stage. And so I, I, I put, I, I, he, there's no way my father could have imagined seeing that show that day in 1965 or whatever, that he would see his son 50 years later on Broadway down the street you know what I mean yes and you know for somebody like me who's a Latino dark skinned you know you know fat (laughs) character actor whatever you have whatever you have it like this is such an incredible opportunity Um, and we are the first of 99% Latino cast on Broadway really 99% Yeah. yeah I mean <laughs> uh, our Lee is our is our one member who is not, you know, everyone else is Latino, and that's never happened in the no. Heights. Was not
0: you no, know, it was So
1: it's it's a huge deal.
0: It is a huge deal. Oh, yeah. and I hope you have a really long, long, long run. I haven't, can't believe I haven't seen it. Yet. I was wanted to see you it before come. today. Um, but you guys aren't on discount tickets that much.
1: No, we've which been, is great. We've been doing really well all along. We've we've not that I'm poor. <laughs> <Seriously, I just laughs> Let's get that, that straight. <laughs> no, we uh, we've been doing really well. We've I mean, for most of our run, we've we made like a million every week at least, and um, we've been doing really well. You know, even without the Tony nominations that we had hoped for, we're still doing well. Um, yeah, that music, glorious music, music. Yeah, I mean, you got it. When you see the show, you'll see the reaction after the show. It's I've never seen a Broadway show that has that kind of reaction. Maybe Hamilton now that I've seen that this year. Yeah. But it's insane. The music, we have eight members of the Miami Sound Machine in our band. So we're getting the full-on Miami Sound Machine sound, and it's insane. The music is so energetic and propulsive and exciting, and literally everyone at the end is just losing their their minds and dancing, and it's, it's insane. And even Clay, who plays keyboard, he's... He's the one who co-wrote this song and this cassette single that I'm pointing at and arranged it. He's the keyboardist. He, every night, he's just blown away by the, the Broadway reaction. And he's toured with her for 30 years. Yeah. So for him to be so, like, taken by the reaction, I think it says a lot,
0: Absolutely. You know?
1: Absolutely. Thank you, thank you. Absolutely. If we could end this with any song,
0: uh, what would it be?
1: The Dream by Irene Cara, which is a song that is at the end of my cabaret, my upcoming cabaret show. Where's it at? Uh, Well, I'm working on it right now. I'm actually getting all the music transcribed and um, I actually have performed it in a class. I took a class and put it all together. Um, But that song is the ending song of my show and the lyrics are are very apropos to my journey. And in, you know, in the middle of the song in my show I mentioned that I finally got my my Broadway show. I, the lyrics are, I've been chasing dreams for so long, just one step behind, and then they're gone. Illusions of love um, have come and gone. I guess you have to to hurt to, wait a minute, I guess you have to hurt, really? I forgot to the find you'll hear me song. But anyways, <laughs> it's just like, the lyrics are like my life, <laughs> basically.
0: Well, thank you so much, it's thank so you. great to see you.
2: I've been chasing dreams for so long. Just one step behind, and then devil. Illusions of love would come and go. I guess you have to hurt before you grow, and everybody.